Okay then. Tell tell me about Bloodborne. Because I've never played it. Never played it. Oh well in a general sense, it's a uh it's it's similar to like the Dark Souls esque games that you know of where it's like you die a lot, you fight giant monsters, uh you can die at any moment. Uh, it's just more Lovecraftian. I like it more than Dark Souls because Lovecraftian. It's gothic. It's set in Yarnum, which is like London, pretty much. But it's like, yeah, it's like a dark London, dark, twisty, Lovecraftian London. Yes, are there just like unspeakable horrors everywhere? Yeah, pretty oh, much. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I love Lovecraftian horror. It's starts off in the story of just like, oh, there's terrible monsters, and then like halfway through, it's like, oh, there's like horrible outer gods that are constantly watching what humanity does oh no and it's like but it's like it's just i like it i like all the from soft like dark souls games but it's my favorite just because i like that setting so much more than like a medieval yeah night. i've never been much for the medieval fantasy setting honestly yeah it's like it's fun but it's like when you have like five games that's all the same medievally stuff it's oh like, boy it's a little bit Something different is fun. Yeah, you're like, I'd like to play a little more Jack the Rippery vibe <laughs> style game if I could, please. Actually, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's Jack the Ripper. Because, yeah. Is he in it? No. <laughs> Did but, I that? No. Well, you're a player <laughs> you character. You like you were going to lead into something. No, I was just saying, the way your character destroys people, it's like, you're, you know, you're, you're like your own Jack the Ripper. <laughs> Neat. Uh, but yeah, I, I would honestly say my favorite game has always been tied between banjo kazooie and banjo tooie uh bloodborne has become like my second favorite after those it's a big deal yeah unseat the king yeah it's up there it's right it's right behind i mean banjo kazooie is still number one i love banjo kazooie more but Mm -hmm. this one's up there but to be specific in this one we're going to be talking about old yarnum one of one of the most like impactful my first playthrough uh, I guess I should say my playthroughs of Bloodborne. I don't know if I've described it to you. Uh, it's always been very bad because like I didn't own a PS4 when I first got Bloodborne. I was given it as a gift, and I used my roommate's PS4. And then they moved, or I had they forced me to move because they Rough. got married. Oh no! How dare they? And so I then moved in with Marshall, and I used his PS4 and started over. But then he moved out. Yeah. And then I had to get my own PS4. So I've, like, started this game. Well, and then after I started it that third time, uh, the PS4 got unplugged and I lost all my save files. What? <laughs> so I've started this game four times. I'm currently almost done. I'm in the DLC, my fourth playthrough. But it's, like, the first three times, like, the furthest I ever got was, like, past Old Yarnum. 
and then into like the Forbidden Woods. So, <laughs> so you spent quite a bit of time in this city. Yes, I've done a lot just in this first part. Uh, <laughs> it was very annoying, but my first playthrough, this was like the most impactful area because to get in, you start off. Yeah, describe this place for us. Give us a visual. Yes. To start off, like, you're in, like, central Yarnum in the game, mm -hmm. and as you're going through, like, you can see, like, this was a thriving city. Like, the houses are nice. Like, sure. the only problem is that there's, like, coffins along the street and monsters in the streets. Oh, okay. But other than that, like, you could see this being a nice place. But as you're going, you find a almost mausoleum place, and when you find a lever and you pull it, it moves a tomb inside that mausoleum over, and underneath is a staircase. And as you go down the staircase, you come into, like, a dark room that's just, there's no light. And you open a giant door, and through that door, you see what was old Yarnum, the old part of the city. And it's now just completely burnt. Everything's destroyed. There's smoke and fire, like, almost everywhere in this city. And you just gotta, like, walk through all of this. And this is down the staircase in a mausoleum? Yeah. So this is, like, underground? Yeah, it's that like... they just built on top of it like they did with Edinburgh. Yes. They just, okay. like, pretty much built over it, built around it. Like, the, the city is, like, low, and then they just built the rest of the city up above to the sides of it. Smart. Yeah. Okay. I mean, let's, you know, take it from history. That's what they had to do in the past for reals. And... To give you an idea of why it's like this, I have interspersed some lore relating to this that I wanted to get into. Well, lay it on me, String Bean. I don't know anything about this game. It's a lot. We have to start a hundred years, pretty much, before you playing the game okay, cool. at the Brigginworth College. Uh, the scholars there found the Thumerian Labyrinth underground, and these labyrinths spanned all the way underneath the city and inside this labyrinth they found what they called old blood and so they brought the old blood up the head of the college master willem had like a mantra for the whole college that was like fear the old blood because he didn't believe humans are ready to handle the old blood whereas one of his students lawrence believed that the old blood was in essential for causing the evolution of humanity of course so he took the old blood to yarnum and he found the healing church which is just a group of you know churches it's just his like his catholicism okay so he decides to found his own religion based around all of this blood okay and then specifically he builds the oh. church of the good chalice in yarnum and in this church he shows whoever would listen to him like the healing abilities of the old blood to people and while showing them the old blood mm -hmm. uh some people started turning into monsters and to keep this a secret uh one of his friends german starts the hunters and at night they secretly hunt all the beasts that prop up crop up the ones that they essentially were responsible for creating. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they created the monsters, and then they go out and kill them. 
and oh it gets worse <laughs> does it because only like a few citizens are interested in the blood and so the healing church comes up with a plan to poison Yarnum's water supply with poison okay <laughs> and the disease that's caused is called ashen blood and with this the healing church is able to on a large scale start using the old blood to heal everybody and i see they've convinced them that this is the only cure yeah. or something right yeah they're oh, pretty boy. much like you're all sick this is the only thing that can save you and okay. they force it on them and i mean it's not all bad because for a I was looking at like a timeline somebody made and it's like estimated like good like 40 years like the economy has a boom everything's going great this is when they build the city around old Yarnum. it's like they build mm. it just to like make more room and everything's going good they build like the central Yarnum, the area you start in and like they build a sect of the city just for the church called cathedral ward and as this is happening more beasts start to prop up mm -hmm. crop up mm -hmm. in Yarnum. And due to this, the hunters become public knowledge. Like they can't secretly do it at night anymore. Sure. Yeah. But it leads to more people joining the hunters because they're like hey, I was gonna say, but there's like an increased demand. Yeah. So like and people are noticing like we need more of these people hunting and stuff. Yeah. So it's like so. it's bad, but it also gets more hunters. But Eventually, the original city, Old Yarnum, is overrun with beasts, and so they send a specific hunter, Jura, along with some of his other compatriots from the Powder Keg Hunters, and they go into Old Yarnum, and while down there, Gurman makes a contract and creates the Hunter's Dream, where essentially one hunter at a time can be contracted into the dream. They become... A hunter that cannot die. Oh my god. German stays in the dream to keep it going, but one hunter is able to leave it, and if they die, they just wake up in the dream and they can go back out. And Jura becomes the hunter of the dream. Okay. So he cannot die while he's in old Yarnum trying to handle it. But even with him unable to die and all the other hunters he took in, they can't save it. Right. And so they resort to burning the whole old city okay <laughs> they burn it down everybody in it even if there was like a few humans left they oh. just get rid of everything and they seal off the city from the new city i see and so that's why it looks so bad at, yeah at that point the powder kegs were declared heretics jura seeing what they had done like renounces being the hunter of the dream and he just stays in there protecting old Yarnum. oh so it's like oh you come in and it's like you see all of this burntness and it's like going into it you have no clue what the lore is you just know it I'm looks in, bad i'm in a shithole and uh it looks like this place needed a fire brigade. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's all you're thinking at first. Yeah. And then you, like, go and talk to some people, and you're like, oh, this oh. place is sad. Yeah, it's like, oh, this sucks. And it's like, you get some real upfront hints, because as you walk in, you first walk in, and there's a bridge to your left, and as you cross it, you actually hear Jura still alive, because all of this lore happened, like, at least 40 years before the game is happening and he's okay. still down there and he yells at you 
that the beasts are not a threat and to just leave. And if you keep going, uh, you come to an area where you start being shot at by uh-huh. a Gatling gun oh, gosh. from the top of a tower. Well, like, what are you even supposed to do then? <laughs> you just run. You're just a guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're shooting at you? It's, there's, like, a whole segment. It's like, I died here a lot. Because it's like, there's, like, so many enemies in your way. And if you get stuck fighting, then you're just shot and you just die. And so it's like, you just have to keep running through everything. And it's kind of fun. Because it's like, you are you run down into a building and there's windows. And it's like, as you run by the window, it's like, bang, 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 shoots at you. Bang, bang, bang. Oh my you just God. have to like dodge past it all. Very gun-like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how gun sounds, I guess. But it's a it's a fun moment. Uh, but yeah, as you're running, you eventually get to like the base of his tower, and you can climb up there and try to fight him if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, there. That's what I've always done, just because it's like this guy was shooting at me. I want to kill him now. But yeah. naturally, later I'll talk about there is an option to be a friends with him, kind of. Oh, but to do that, you have to actively choose not to climb up his tower and try to fight him. Oh, which if you do that, then that means. If you die, you spawn back at the beginning of Old Yarnum, and you have to run past him shooting you again. Ugh. So it's like, it's easier just to kill him, yeah. but if you don't, like, you kind of get some stuff You're for it. You're rewarded for your kindness and effort. Yeah. But behind his tower, as you're going through, you come inside a very large building that's, like, empty. Kind of looks like it's an old, giant, like, cathedral. Mm-hmm. And as you're going through it, it's very dark. It only thing lighting it is like you're up at the top of it going through rafters and there's fires on the ground floor, like some like crucifix that are on fire. Oh. Pretty much. And when you get down there, you find one that's very large with a bunch of enemies in a circle around it, chanting to it, pretty much. I didn't know the Ku Klux Klan was in this game. Uh, you would be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> they find their way everywhere. Okay. But you get to kill them. But yeah, these guys attack you. And when you kill them and you actually take time to look at what they were chanting to, it's just a giant crucifix with this big gross monster on it. it has like skin flaps hanging down it's like ew it's gross yuck and it's like you know but it's just there you just walk past it and as you're walking past it you go into the actual into the town because before you're pretty much on top of it when you're starting off in old yarnum you're on top of buildings like running around okay but when you go through the ch- like cathedral you come out inside like on the streets of Old Yarnum. I see. And street level. Street level. And, like, everything's still smoky. It's still really dark. You're... There's a lot of, like, alleyways where monsters are hiding in the smoke at you. And you find, like, a large door that you can't open from this side. So it's, like, just more signs of, like, how it was sealed off from everybody else after they burned it. Mm. But you find lots of... Lots of enemies. 
Luckily, also down in this area, you do, you do find a shortcut. So if you die, you don't have to run past the gun again. Oh, thank God. Yeah. There's there's a lot of shortcuts to make it quicker. And so if you get this far, it makes the whole area a lot easier was, to run I mean, through. It's fine if they want to have like this gun guy all over the place. But I was just thinking, like from a game development standpoint, they really should make a way to get past that. Because yeah. if I had to do that every single time, I think I would just kill myself. <laughs> Like, yeah. don't worry about it. I'm I'm uh, I'm way out of you, Mister Gunman. I, I I'll kill myself, not them. I'm done. <laughs> and as you go through here, you find a kind of larger open space that kind of looks like a field. And like again, very repetitive. It's on fire, kind of. It's smoky. There's a lot of monsters. Oh. And they're, you just have to go through it. They're growing fire in this field. <laughs> it's a bumper crop this season. Hmm. Could feed. I guess feed. that's a question. How does anybody have any food down here? I guess they're all monsters. So, like, do they just eat you? Or other, like, oh, what, do, what do they do for, like, survival? Cause I wondered about that, too. Because also, like, Jura's down there. It's like, how does he Yeah, he's survive? a person, right? But also, I guess he's immortal? Maybe, because, like, he doesn't, the whole thing is, like, he's, like, at one point says he doesn't dream anymore, so it's, like, he doesn't, if he dies, like, he's dead for good. Oh, no! At this point. Like, if he's died, like, he's no longer a part of the dream, so he can't be undying anymore. I see. But, also along with him, there is, like, right in front of his tower, another hunter NPC that you fight. Like, there's, like, once he sees it, like, it's on site. Like, he attacks. And so it's like, how does both him and Jura, like, they're protecting this area, but, like, what do they eat? I don't know. Maybe they have somebody comes down and resupplies them every once in a while. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, okay. So, like, this is the place where you start out in the game then, right? Kind of? Uh, like, kinda. one of the it's, earlier it's places the... gets you acquainted with the world, sort of? Kind of. The first area is Central Yarnum, and then you come into Cathedral Ward, but if you go the right path like you can pretty much before doing anything cathedral ward immediately go to here which i normally explore everywhere when i'm playing these games mm-hmm. and so i very quickly found my air this area and just went into it mm-hmm. whenever i play because i don't know i know some people are like goal and they just go for it but that's it's ridiculous like, no it's like i want to see everything you gotta meander around if you want to play properly yeah, yeah you gotta look at stuff find things it's fun. Life isn't about the destination, it's about the journey. Alright, so... Trumpin. Cool. So, what's the ultimate goal of Old Yarnum? Is there a way that you can, I don't know, put out the fire, rid it of monsters, restore it to its former glory? What is the course of it in the game? Like, is it just kind of a central hub sort of place to show you the hubris of man's, like... Well, that just fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, man's folly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of. It is more just a lore, a lore-heavy area showing you the past, like, what Yarnum has done. And also kind of, like, almost gives the feel of, like, kind of how they deserve the point that you come in. It's like, you come in to the game on the night of a hunt. And it almost seems like an unending night where everybody in the city is slowly turning into beasts. And it's almost like 
this area is almost just like showing you that like the church kind of brought it on to everybody. It's almost their fault. Okay. And they almost kind of deserve it. So I guess from a story point, standpoint, that would be the purpose of this yeah. city is to just kind of like give you context for like whether or not you should be siding with the church in this game. Yeah. It's like you... The church of the Good Chalice. Yeah. Because like... Blood worshippers. <laughs> I mean like... Honestly, I would start up the game and hear all that, and I would automatically be against them. Yeah. But some people need convincing. They're <laughs> like, you know what? Hold on. Let's listen to the blood-worshipping cult. Maybe they've got some good ideas. Mm -hmm. And so you need to convince those people that they're irredeemable. Yeah. Like, they destroyed a whole city and all of its populace. Okay, so that's cool. So from a game point, a gameplay standpoint, it's just kind of like a great intro to the like gameplay and the enemies you're gonna face from a lore standpoint it shows you like how awful the people that came before you were and the sort of like why the world is in the state that it's in is partially because of man's folly yeah okay so then what would be the progression like you don't ever get to restore this place but i, I take it you probably come through here several more times throughout the rest of the game so like you... You can come through a couple more times. Is there any, like, interesting, like, secrets or, like, items or weapons or stuff that, like, are really important? There's a few things. The big one is at the end, you find the Church of the Good Chalice, like, the building that Lawrence built. Ah. And inside of it, you run into the boss of this area, and it's the Blood Starved Beast. Um, well, of course, the church took all of his blood it away. Blood. It's I don't a, blame him. Essentially, he is. If you remember inside the cathedral, the big crucified big monster, he's one of those things, but still alive. Oh. oh. So it's like they show you what you're going to fight early on. Well, that's just good game development. Yeah. You're like, you're like walking past a big burning cross with this big, scary, like, skin flappy, like, monster guy hanging off it, and you're like, yeah. Glad I didn't have to fight that guy. <laughs> and then it's like, oh. <laughs> you walk into his room and he just like screams what at you. What are you doing? <laughs> he screams at you? He screams. It's like a. He like screeches at do, you. Do that again. Let me hear that again. <laughs> <laughs> I, in looking into this though, I've never looked at a good picture of the Bloodstar Beast. Because like when you're fighting him, he's he moves a lot. Like you don't get a good view of him too much. Like you just see spindly arms and legs uh, with skin hanging over the front of it uh, and so i looked up stuff about him and kind of looked at a picture and saw that what he is is he looks like a human he has a humanish face okay well yeah sure with a longer body mm -hmm. but the skin it looks like it's his back skin flayed forward and <gasps> hanging over his face <gasps> I don't like that yeah it's terrible looking <laughs> this is why i don't play these games yeah it's like i looked at a picture i'm like oh that's what you fight this whole time wow that's terrible they, that's disgusting they had the mercy to hide it from your view yeah. and you were like no i want to see it i want to see it i want to see it it's bad it's like while you're fighting him like he has like like most of the bosses they have different phases sure and his, like, second phase is just that poison spouts out of his body, 
And so if you get close to him and attack him, you get slowly poisoned. And so it's like, the only way to really beat him is to have enough antidote to, like, counteract the poisons. Uh, it's probably pus. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, it's like... Icky open, open back wound. Yeah, I don't like, like just, it. Ugh. <sighs> He's really. I liked him. My first time playing through is like I was like, this guy's cool. This is like one of my favorites. <laughs> now I'm like, eh, he's kind of gross. I think I, he's not as bad as a later boss, the one reborn, where it's like just a mound of corpses oh, put into one gosh. giant group that attacks you. That one kind of is bad. Uh, he kind of like vomits on you a lot. Vomits on you? But uh, that's not a viable attack. No, it's not. That's not all right. He doesn't even like move much. Like that guy kind of sucks. Oh boy. But oh, boy, oh boy. Okay. So he's wow. not as bad as he could be. The blood-starved beast. The the main other thing is just that like when you first fight him, it's like you know he's a boss in the DLC. He shows up as like a one-time like random enemy just a random he's like yeah he's like, i can just show up as an enemy now he's i'm not like, a big deal compared to what you're about to go up against literally yeah like Ugh. my new favorite boss is like ludwig who's the first boss of the dlc and it's like yo you fight the blood star beast like just before ludwig pretty much and it's like oh wow you know if i <laughs> now seeing ludwig it's like the blood star beast isn't as gross as I thought before, also Ludwig's. You know, Ludwig just looks like some cranky old guy who composes for piano. He's not that bad. <laughs> he's a turn. He's a horse man. He's a horse man. He's a horse man like, with like a like weird, a, like a centaur or like reverse centaur. Like, he, what do you mean, horse man? He looks. He's a horse. He has a horse body. Uh huh. Imagine a horse, but uh -huh. the body scrunched in a little bit. Oh, what? The neck. Oh is longer longer and the face has human eyes and teeth in it uh, and then he has arms and then he has arms also so, and then also on the side of his neck is a uh uh what, what are they called uh, leech leech mouth he has a he has, he has an extra a leech mouth. mouth he has a leech mouth and he shoots laser beams out of it laser beams i thought this was like <laughs> that one is Victorian London game. Yeah. Why do they have laser beams? Uh, Ludwig's cool. <laughs> I guess that's what people thought when they were playing Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. They're oh like, yeah, why are there the lasers guardians. in this? Yeah, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Literally playing through, and it's like, oh hey, there's just a lump of rocks, and it shoots a laser beam at you. Oh my god. But yeah, so the Bloodstar Beast is gross, but he's not as bad as others. Well, sure, I'm sure there's lots of hideous things in this game. There I is. Don't typically play Souls games or like any games made by this studio just because they do a good job of <laughs> making their enemies very visceral and very grotesque. I I like the thought that's put behind it i just don't like the idea of touching them so mm. i'm like i don't even want to play a game where a character i'm playing is touching them yes yeah. they look slimy sometimes i'm or like it's like ugh. or maybe not even like fully slimy but just moist and that's even worse sometimes it's like why are you wet <laughs> like just moist you're out like here that. you're out here fighting me on a craggy cliff and i don't see water anywhere <laughs> so why are you just moist I I forgot to mention that another part of why I like Bloodborne is that it changed how I play video games somewhat. 
Because I feel like when I was younger, for one thing, I hated horror games. This was like the first like semi-scary game that I played. Mm-hmm. And it's not even truly a horror game. It's more action. But like I couldn't. I was always too scared. And I was also always really careful and like cautious in sure. playing games. But it's like once I started this, the only way to play is recula- recklessly and like fast. Yeah. The because, like, the Dark Souls games, like, you can have a shield, you can, like, guard, you can, like, play slowly and, like, think what you're doing sometimes. But, it's like, this game is, like, the best thing to do is just run in and attack things as fast as you can. And to, like, make it more likely that you do play it like that, they have a system called the Rally System, where it's, like, if you get hurt, your health goes down, but it keeps, like, a little orange bar over the health you just lost and if you attack enemies immediately afterwards you can build back that health depending on how much you hurt the enemy oh i like that yeah so it's like like a rebate of the life you just lost yeah (laughs) (laughs) you can can earn some back and so it just it's changed like now games when i play stuff it's like i used to be more slower it's like now it's like sometimes it's okay to just run into stuff and yeah. just see what happens. It also, like, before I was always scared to die. It's like, this game is like, it's got me used to dying in video games now. Yeah. It's, just, it's gonna happen. You're like, I'm gonna die a few times. It'll happen. Yeah. It's like playing through Banjo-Kazooie recently. It's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fall down every once in a while. And, like, stuff's gonna happen. It's like, it's fine. Before, I was always really careful. So. Yeah. I guess that's the thing. Our friend Evan has been telling me that he doesn't like how I play Tears of the Kingdom. Oh. I'm almost done with the game. I've got over 150 hours logged, and I have yet to uh, encounter a single great fairy. Oh, yeah, you were talking about that. <laughs> a single one of the great fairies yet, because they're all stupid. Mm-hmm. They want. In the first game, they wanted money. Yeah. I was like, easy, I'll give you money, and then you can upgrade my clothes. In this game, they all want to hear music. And I was, as soon as I read that the first time, oh, I want to hear a violin. Can you bring a violin? I was like, no. And I just left. I marked it on my map, and I didn't go back. And Devin got mad. He's like, you're not playing you like the game right you could upgrade all your armor how many times do you die and i I told him i die a lot i just and then i i come back and then i run back at the enemy and i try again and i game over frequently he's like and so he's mad he's like you're just playing dark souls in zelda like you should just play dark souls and i was like (laughs) zelda looks nicer it looks a lot nicer i'm not gonna run into something that's a blood-soaked fiend or whatever <laughs> you said like i blood-starved beast yeah. beast i don't like i don't need that i mean the yeah. gliok is scary but even though like it's a three-headed dragon and they yeah. uh, i mean you know it was one that was in the original game yeah and, and so it was like very pixelated and now it's fully 3d rendered and fully visualized and they're scary but they're not that hard once you get the hang of it like mm. with their pattern and i've heard that about dark souls games is like you die repeatedly but you get the patterns of the enemy down and then it's not yeah. as bad so it's all about pattern recognition and your instincts pretty much your reflexes mm-hmm. yeah you see something happening you know what's going to happen reflex to 
deal with it. Okay. Sweet. So, but, yeah. I enjoy it. Also, you mentioned Devin. I was going to say, like, people, not just Devin, but people online that I see who are like, I played Elden Ring. It's their best, like, Souls-like game. I don't need to play any of the other ones. That annoys me because if you played Elden Ring and you liked it, you're probably going to like the other ones too. Yeah, it just seems like a more reason <laughs> more, to play the other play. ones. It's like, yeah, Elden Ring is like their most new player friendly because it's like, honestly, it's easy. It's sure. open world. It's like if you have troubles, you can just leave. Just go somewhere else. Get a higher level, a better weapon, come back. Whereas like all the other ones, it's like more linear. Yeah. So it's like if you get stuck. If you hit a brick wall, you have to just keep hitting your head against it till you yeah. make it through. So it's like, I get why Elden Ring is so popular and good for new people, but it's also like, if you liked it, play the others. Because, like, if you ask me, Bloodborne's better than Elden Ring. Mm -hmm. And, I don't know, I just think it's good. I've never played any of them, as I've already stated. Yeah. But I did like watching the gameplay for Sekiro. I was was like, because instead of being set in London or in, like, uh old medieval like european style like elden ring it's set in feudal japan and that style is just a lot i don't know i liked it a lot more i thought it was a cool uh layout for this type of game you're just like a lone samurai like going around uh fighting and facing all these ginormous scary enemies yeah, at one point I was watching a gameplay thing, and the, there's just this humongous snake. Oh, just yeah, a snake. ginormous snake. Like, listener, however big you're imagining <laughs> the snake is, multiply it by six, because it's so big, it's a... and it can hear a twig snap. So, like, <laughs> it's the most ridiculous stealth segment I've ever seen in my entire life. You're trying to make it through this ginormous chasm like through the grand canyon you're trying to make it from one end to the other and if the snake hears you it comes for you and it doesn't take it very long to get to you wherever your position is because it just rears its head back and then strikes and it can reach you from like 50 meters away because that's nothing for it this thing is huge (laughs) This is like the world eater from like uh, from Norse mythology. Norse. This is a big snake. And I, I watched the guy playing die so many times and I was I was rolling. I was laughing so hard. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Sekiro would be the best one for you because it has the least gross things in it. But I mean there are still a few like the Guardian Ape. I've seen the fight with the Guardian Ape. That one is uh, a shocker. Yeah. The Sekiro's, Sekiro and Demon Souls, their first Souls-like one, those two are the only two I haven't played yet, and I want to, but... I never played Demon Souls, huh? Yeah, which, I mean, like, it's only on the PS3 or the PS5 now. Oh, so I see. Like, That's weird and random. They, they remade it for the PS5, and they're like, yeah, this is only... Exclusive there. I was like, wow. You can't have it on PS4. I won't let you. One of like the few reasons I want to buy a PS5 is just so I can like play that. But someday. Also, I feel like Sekiro is good because I feel like the story, from what I've heard, is the most upfront of what's happening. I see. Whereas I feel like it goes in levels. Sekiro is the most upfront. I feel like Elden Ring is super easy to know what you're doing. 
there's a lot of hidden lore, but like what your character is there for is like really explicitly told to you. Okay. But and then Bloodborne's like the next one where it's like you know what you're doing. You're you're a sick man who showed up this city to be healed because you heard it had good healing stuff. And all of a sudden, you're the hunter of the dream, and you're tasked with destroying an outer god and killing something. Oh! Like, (laughs) you know what you're doing. You know what your goal is. And then the Dark Souls games is just like, what? (laughs) There's there's a fire? Uh, Fire? There's a cycle? There's blind people. There's blind... There souls. People found souls? souls? Like, on the ground? You you could just pick them up like, change? Like Dark Souls, like I understand, I I understand one and three, two, no clue. I still don't get that one. But to be fair, that's the only one of these games not led, like made by Miyazaki. Oh, okay. And so that's why it's so weird. But one and three, I I kind of understand them now. Uh, it makes a lot more sense to me. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, I, I was also gonna say. While reading some stuff about this, I did see, like, quote about, like, the whole, like, something cool about Old Bloodborne that Miyazaki said in an interview, where essentially the whole idea is just the idea that humans have an urge in them to be, like, beasts, but your humanity is the thing that shackles that down, and the stronger that shackle is the greater the recoil is when it breaks. And so this old blood is essentially causes that urge to be a beast to grow and break its shackle. And so it's like, that's why there's like different sizes of monsters. Cause it's like, you'll find like regular citizens walking around who are just like, they look like men with a lot of fur on them. And it's because like their humanity wasn't as strong as like, other people like the clerics who turn into giant cleric beasts yeah i was gonna say as a result of being just kind of more mild and level-headed and accepting your like your bestial nature it ends up making it a lot smoother of a transition and they don't end up losing their humanity entirely huh yeah ironic so it's the ones who are holier than thou and going around trying to be absolutely like untouchable and above everyone else are the ones that end up falling the hardest yeah and as somebody who read and watched the crucible in high school (laughs) i can say that that makes a lot of sense to me Uh yeah oof have you seen midnight mass on netflix Uh uh-uh that's another uh do you want to know yeah i'm not gonna watch it it's It's another big one of like the whole premise is like a small island off the coast of like maine where it's like it's not Nantucket, but it's like one of those islands over there. Well, I hope it. Well, Nan, unless Nantucket moved, that's no, near Massachusetts. That's Massachusetts. <laughs> but it's like whatever. It's a small island where it's like they have like one church. Everybody knows each other, and it's just like this whole idea of like, oh, the old preacher for the Catholic Church like went off to get like go to a hospital, and now they have a new young man coming in to be their dude. And as you go through, what you find out is that uh, the old man went to Jerusalem for a pilgrimage. And while he was there, found a cave that was sealed where a vampire found him. Which is pretty much, it's, it's, okay. like, it's like a vampire, but it's also kind of implied to be a demon. It turned him young, and seeing this as a miracle from God brought it back to his island. 
and oh no gets a few people in on it and some of them being holier than thou are like you cannot go against the church to some of the people who are like this is terrible we need to like burn it and through him thinking it's a miracle of god and bringing it back to his island and some people being like i'm self-righteous and i'm right uh they end up burning the whole town down and almost everybody dies oh and so it's just like this whole like it's a real good like oh the bad people in this are the people who are super religious mm. and like blind faith is not always good mm. all right wow okay well good episode i think good. we'll title this one man's hubris <laughs> oh. that seems to be the connecting theme I didn't mention how you make your Jiro your friend if you want. You did mention that you could, but I you just, didn't say the process. Yeah. So yeah, go Do you on. want Let's, to? Yeah, circle back. We, we can, can always just, add the, edit this in sometime or we can edit your man's hubris after this. Uh just pretty much after you kill the Bloodstar beast, uh an enemy spawns in some areas of the city that I always call the Bagman, but he's called like the Snatcher. And it's just a tall dude with a cloak and he has a bag over his shoulder and uh, you can find one in Cathedral Ward, and he kills you. He's really strong. He smacks you with his bag, and you die. And when you die, instead of just respawning, it plays like a cutscene of like your character looking through like something that's like making it all like foggy, like you can't see. And it's because you're inside his sack, and he takes you to this unseen village called Yarhargul, and he puts you in jail. But, like, the door's not locked, so you can just walk out. And if you find a hidden path to a boss called Dark Beast Parl. Um, Parl? Yeah. It's too close to Paul. That's what I always think. It's, Paul! It's, it's spelled P-A-A-R-L. Parl? But it's like, that's just Paul. Yeah, we're just going to call him Paul. All right, yeah. so the Dark Beast Paul. And you can either kill him, or if you find him and die once then you'll be able to sneak up behind Jura and talk to him. Which, if you do kill the Dark Beast Parl, there's a door on the other side of his arena, and if you open it, then you figure out that that is the big door that you found in Old Yarnum. Oh, so it's like your you Hargul. go back all the way around and unlock it from the yeah. other side. Your Hargul was, like, built alongside Old Yarnum, and then, like, but it was built, like, it's the unseen village, so it's, like, secret. And then, like, they sealed off as well. But it's like, if you go either from that way or from the Church of the Good Chalice back up behind Jura after being killed by Parl, then when you climb up there, he'll walk towards you and you can talk to him. And he's pretty much just like, hey, these beasts aren't a danger to anybody. They're not going up into, like, the main city and killing people. Like, just leave it alone. And you can either be like, no, I'm going to kill him. And he's like, okay, well, I'll kill you. And then you fight him, which then is like, what was the point of you doing this? <laughs> or you can be like, yeah, I'll spare them. And he's like, ah, thank you. And then he gives you an item and he gives you a gesture. And it's like, if you want to get all the gestures, then it's like, you have to do this. <laughs> oh, okay. You'll have to go through all this if you want to get all the gestures. Okay. 100%. Neat. So that's it. All right. Very cool. Very good episode. Uh, everybody, let us know what your favorite thing about... What was this game? Bloodborne? Bloodborne. Everybody tell us your favorite thing from Bloodborne, and we'll 
I don't know, I guess respond to that at some point. We'll say uh, it. Yeah, hit us up on our socials. Uh, we'll probably check them eventually, and we'll try to let you know what we think of your favorite parts. Yeah. All righty. You got so, any plugs? Do I have any plugs? I mean, if anybody wants to go over on my on Bandcamp and search for When It Happens to You, I do have another podcast out that's I haven't worked on in a long while, but there's three episodes there if you want some scary stories to fill your ear holes. Yeah. What about you? Uh, you know. You've got another podcast. I have another podcast. I have a podcast I do with my wife called So Scared. Uh, it's just an excuse for me to look up things that are interesting to me and then tell somebody about them. There you go. So, true crime. And also, you can find me on social media. And if you like this, there's a lot more lore that you can tell me to force Jared to listen to. <clears throat> Good. I can. I only talked about a little bit of Brigginworth and then old Yarnum. Boy, there's so much more I can talk about. So, uh, tweet at us and tell Jared to sit through this again. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. Do that. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we will see you later. Mm, goodbye. Mm, kiss. I don't know how I'd fight something like that without laughing. Yeah, it's a. It sounds like the TikTok of the the grandma going down the spiral slide. What? I haven't seen. That. <laughs> I can't get through without laughing. <laughs> Is the grandma okay? I'm sure she's All fine. Right. You know TikTok. They always cut off before you get to see like Them die. how it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> so it's happy ending. <laughs>